Howdy hey, Randall K. coming to you live from uh, magnificent Middle Tennessee. And get my volume mixer to cooperate here. Oh, come on. There we go. We'll turn that music down a little bit. Yeah, we will. Alright, well, welcome to this uh, Sunday evening edition of Bible News Radio. Something that we call Sundays in the Scriptures here. And if you're new, uh, Bible News Radio is a production of Heart Tug International, a nonprofit uh, organization dedicated to reaching the hearts of people one verse at a time. We're going to look at several, but we'll do it one verse at a time tonight. Uh, if you're watching on the stream via the live or on the replay, there along the bottom is a ticker giving some important information, like if you want to be on our text message list to be alerted about upcoming programs and other uh, show-worthy news, you can text the term Bible News, all concatenated, two words, Bible News, to 33222. That's two threes, three twos. Text Bible News to 33222. Get on that list. If you're wanting to uh, be held accountable for your daily Bible reading, uh, text Team Unstuck. Again, two words concatenated Team Unstuck because you want to get unstuck, right? Uh, you're stuck when it comes to daily Bible reading. You want to be held accountable for that? Uh, text Team Unstuck to 33222. And at the conclusion of this program, if uh, you feel it was worth your time and worth uh, a cup of coffee or something like that, you are most welcome to donate to help offset the costs of this uh, this work of ministry. And there's not just this one, but several others that go on that are not uh, live streaming. Uh, there are... Um, uh, Bible accountability groups going on, Bible studies, as well as biblical counseling that uh, go on under the umbrella of Heart Tug International, and uh, your gifts help to fund all those things. Uh, head on over to BibleNewsRadio.com, and there you'll find the give page in which you can uh, give, uh, make a tax-deductible donation. All right. I had the privilege of, as I do, uh, the third Sunday of every, of every month, uh, being the chaplain at the truck stop, uh, local truck stop for Truck Stop Ministries. And um, while I did go uh, truck to truck and talk to a few drivers, was privileged to do that, uh, gave a Bible to one of them, and of course I invite them all to come to the uh, Trucker's Chapel that's held on uh, Sunday mornings. Uh, no one came to the chapel, and so the message that I had prepared for that, I'm going to share here on Sundays in the Scriptures. So, um, if you have a Bible, great. Uh, have that uh, handy. We're going to look at Matthew chapter 19, uh, beginning in verse 16, I believe it is. And if you don't have a Bible, that's okay, because I'll put the text on the screen so you know that I'm not making stuff up, right? But um, just going with what's in the Word of God. So let's pray, and then we'll get into it, shall we? Uh, Father God, just thank you for this day, this life, and this breath that you've given us. They're on loan to you. We know this is your earth on which we stand or move and is your air that we breathe. 
Uh, you've given us this day that we might um, learn something, be used of you, or maybe even both. Um, so we pray that as we look into your word, you would give us eyes to see, spiritual eyes, uh, spirits that are receptive to your spirit, uh, that we might be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Uh, this time is yours to use as you will, and we commit it into thy hands in the name of the Master, Yeshua Messiah. All right, now let's see if I can get my slides up for you here and make sure that that... I was there, and before I jump into that, uh, let me make sure that I'm not uh, missing anybody out there who's watching live. Um, I see some viewers out there on YouTube. I see someone watching on Facebook. And uh, somebody watching on uh, Twitch as well. Uh, if you'd like for me to give uh, a shout out to you, uh, just put something in the chat so I have a name, uh, you know, a handle attached to you. Um, if not, that's fine. Thank you for watching. Thanks for joining live. And all right, then let's get into it. All right, the title of uh, tonight's um, lesson, whatever, Sunday in the Scriptures, is If You Would Be Perfect, uh, subtext or subtitle, The Way uh, to Eternal Life. And so, now it's not advancing, so I guess I'll have to do that. And... Uh, and our text is getting cut off again. I thought for sure that I had uh, fixed that in the last broadcast, but bear with me. Getting it together here. Yeah, I am. Yeah, I am. Make sure that nothing's there, of course, you can't see what I'm saying there. Uh, but that's good, because then it would even look more amateur. <laughs> As I, uh, as I get everything cropped and scaled appropriately. Alright then, there we go. Alright, here is our text for this evening. Matthew chapter 19, verses 16 through 22. I'm reading from the Tree of Life version, a somewhat recent translation. Um, it's a messianic, uh, um, yeah, a messianic Jewish uh, flavor um, to it. Anyway, you can find out more about it online. Just look up Tree of Life version. So we read. Now behold, one came to him and said, Teacher, what good shall I do to have eternal life? Why do you ask me about what is good, Yeshua said to him? There is only one who is good. But if you would want to enter into life, keep the commandments. Which ones, he said, Yeshua said, Do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not give false witness or false testimony. Sorry, I'm thinking the other translations. Um, honor your father and mother, and love your neighbor as yourself. All these I've kept, the young man said to him. What do I still lack? Yeshua said to him, 
if you would be perfect, if you wish to be perfect, uh, go sell what you own and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. But when the young man heard this statement, he went away grieving, for he had much property. All right. Let's break this down a little bit. Uh, the yearning for eternal life. This this young man says, Teacher, what good shall I do to have eternal life? From that question, we know that he is aware that he does not have eternal life, right? Because what what good shall I do to have eternal life? He recognizes it's something that he does not already possess. Secondly, he's aware that he does not yet deserve it. That is, it's not his right for being the Jew. It's not his, his, you know, his right for being a human being or a citizen of planet Earth. It's not due him just because he has a heartbeat. He recognizes that it's not this inbred right, you know, it's not this this inalienable right. It's not something that's just his by nature. Um, what good shall I do to have eternal life? There's, there's something he has to do to merit it. And as of now, he does not merit it. So he's, he's good so far. He's aware that it is a reward for good. It's not. It's not like you go. If I, it's not something that he has to do some heroic feat to go slay this giant or, uh, you know, uh, cut the heads off of this monster or go uh, find this chalice, you know, go find the Holy Grail or whatever. Uh, of course, this was before the death of Christ, but. Uh, still, he recognizes it's not something from heroic for folklore or anything like that, that is a reward for good, um, that eternal life is a good thing, that is a reward for good. So, so far, so good, no pun intended. He's aware that he doesn't have eternal life, he's aware that he doesn't deserve it, and he's aware that it's a reward for good. And it reminded me of Ecclesiastes 3.11 where Solomon writes, He, speaking of God, has made everything beautiful in its time. Moreover, he has set, the, he has set eternity in their heart. Yet without the possibility that humankind can ever discover the work that God has done from the beginning to the end. That is that um, God has put eternity in our hearts, uh, in the hearts of humankind, that even though humankind can never discover the work that God has done from beginning to end, we take on faith the creation of the world, um, you know, the cosmos. Um, we don't know, as God questions Job, uh, in the book of Job, at the, near the end, you know, were you there when I laid the foundations of the earth? Were you there, etc.? Or do you understand the way of this animal or that, or the way this works? Or, um, and Job has no answers, of course, because it's not in in the ability of mankind to begin to fathom the works of God, uh, the things of 
divine dimension or uh, or spiritual dimensions um, to really understand those. Yet God has put in the hearts of humankind eternity. Uh, we we innately know something beyond our present condition. We innately know something um, that's beyond our mortal existence. Uh, this concept of eternity, something we've never experienced personally, uh, even without uh, divine revelation in the sense of, of written or spoken revelation, we just have this witness in ourselves that God has placed there. Ecclesiastes tells us that God has set eternity in their heart, uh, speaking of mankind. All right, let me make sure that uh, not missing anybody, checking those uh, chat rooms and the various platforms on YouTube, on Facebook, and Twitch. See, we picked up some viewers, so... If you didn't hear, I'd like to give you live viewers a shout out while I'm doing it right now. Thank you, people, for uh, tuning in live. But if you'd like to be called out by name in a good way, um, then uh, put something in the chat so I have a handle attached to the viewers. All right, so back to... Back to... Our text... So, God has put eternity into the hearts of mankind, even though we can never discover, you know, the depths of, of God and his work, yet he's placed this sense of eternity in our hearts that we might uh, uh, seek after him. All right, Mr. Harp, next slide. Now, I want to take a detour from here, just for a moment, uh, just a little sidestep, a little um, a little parenthetical thing, a little parallel uh, issue here, uh, because the skeptics will look at this passage and and the uh, parallel passages and say that, oh, look right here, smoking gun, right here, Jesus says he isn't God. He never said he was God. He's not divine. Even you know, even claimed that he wasn't God. Because look, see, it says right here. Why do you ask me about what is good? Yeshua said to him, "There is only one who is good." Or as we read in the King James, uh, "There is none good but one. That is God." Right there, Jesus said he isn't God. Did he? Is that what he said? <laughs> no, he just said there is none good but one, and that is God. He didn't say, I'm not him or have nothing to do with him. I'm not divine. Um, what's happening here is he's checking the man's intentions. And, and we'll get back to that. It'll be cl it's very clear why this question in the following verses. But if you're, going to, if you're going to put this forth as your proof text that um, Yeshua, Jesus, has no divinity... Right here, he said, there's only one who, who's good, and that's God. Why do you call me good? Because I'm not God. There's only one that's good, which in your reading into the statement. But if you're going to put that forth as your proof text to say that Yeshua, Jesus, never claimed any divinity, 
well, then you're going to have to explain to me uh, passages like John 8:58, where Yeshua answered, Amen, Amen, I tell you, before Abraham was, I am. You're going to have to explain, explain John 10:30, where Yeshua said, I and the Father are one. Or John 14, verse 9, where Yeshua said to him, that is Philip, Have I been with you so long a time, and you have come, haven't come to know me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. Not only, not only are we one. If you've seen the Father, you seen. If you've seen me, you have seen the Father. We're one in the same. We're one of the. Um, you know, I'm the express image of God and Word indeed. How can you say, "Show us the Father"? Anyway, um, Mark chapter fourteen, verses sixty-one through sixty-four. But keeping silent, Yeshua did not answer. This is during his trial again. The Kohen Gadol or the chief priest. Uh, questioned him, Are you the Mashiach, son of the Blessed One? I am, Yeshua said. Well, 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 being the Messiah, what does that mean? That can be anybody, right? Messiah, son of the Blessed? Well, no. <laughs> Believe you me, the chief priest and Yeshua himself were quite familiar with um, Daniel chapter 7, which Yeshua alludes to here when he says, I am, and you shall see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the Powerful One and coming with the clouds of heaven. The, the chief priest certainly got it, tearing his clothes. The Kohen Gadol, or the chief priest, says, Why do you still need witnesses? You have heard the blasphemy. What seems right to you? Um, then all condemned him as deserving of death. For that blasphemy, claiming himself, you know, apparent blasphemy as they saw it, uh, for claiming to have divine power, to be that divine power. Uh, if you're familiar with Daniel chapter 7, the coming of the Ancient of Days on, on the clouds, uh, the right hand of power, uh, speaking of the Messiah coming as the, you know, as the... Um, in the power of God, on the in the right hand of God, but also being the ancient of days, that is, having no beginning, having a being eternal um, himself. So, anyway, all that is a, just a side note, because some people, the, the, the skeptics and the critics would look at this, um, this verse in Matthew chapter 19, the parallel passages and the other, uh, synoptic Gospels and go, oh, right there, right there, Jesus said he isn't God. No, that's not what Jesus said. Uh, so let's let's go back to what Yeshua, what Jesus said, and um, and get away from this sort of sidestep here. Why do you ask me about what is good, Yeshua said to him. There is only one who is good. But if you want to enter into life, keep the commandments. Notice, he says, keep the commandments, the, the uh, implicit uh, ideas there, keep all the commandments, 613 commandments, not just 10, there's 613 uh, in the Old Testament. And he's saying, hey, if you want to enter life, keep the commandments. That's the way. If, you, if there's something that you want to do, it's good. And, um, you know, wh why do you ask me about what is good? There's only one who is good. And 
you know, he's, he's checking the man's motives. Is good, like, oh, good, good teacher. Well, good teacher, is that just flattery? Is you throw this word good around, like good sir, good teacher, good day? Um, not quite, you know, in English we use it quite often, but, you know, uh, as it was, uh, as it is in the Greek in the underlying text, and I'm sure that it was probably that is a translation um, from um, Hebrew or Aramaic. Anyway, the idea is uh, to ascribe goodness to someone is that it shouldn't be just, you know, done without real intent or carelessly. And, and Yeshua, with this question, is, is a little bit of a lesson. It's like, okay, take notice of what you said, good teacher. Um, you just throw this word around good, attributing it to people just without thinking about what it means, or were you using it intentionally to, to butter me up, you know, to flatter me, and, you know, your motives aren't quite pure here. I'm going to use a lesson and say that don't cheapen this idea of goodness, of moral uprightness. Don't just don't cheapen that with just throwing it around willy-nilly because there's only one who's good, and that's God. There's no man that's good, and we'll look at that. Um, so there's a quick lesson, but let's go back and uh, continue to examine your motives, young man. So there's only one... Who is good, and that's God. But if you want to enter into life, if hey, you want to receive eternal life, if it's something you want to do, some good uh, to receive it, then keep the commandments. Which ones? He said. I want to stop there. Which ones? You know, he chooses keep the commandments. He didn't say this or those, but keep the commandments the the like i say the implication is all of the commandments if you want to if you want to earn eternal life if you want to do some good to do it well then keep all the commandments um and and the young man replies which ones um, like basically which ones you know which ones can i you know, let go, which ones, which ones are absolutely essential, and it's just, how good do I have to be, what, what are the minimum ones that I have to do to, to pass, um, many times, uh, when I've had the privilege of uh, speaking to some very young people, uh, young men and women, mostly young men, uh, in a juvenile detention center, Invariably, a question will come up, which is along the lines of, "Can I still smoke pot and go to heaven? Uh, can I still, uh, you know, sleep with my girlfriend or my boyfriend and still go to heaven? Can I still?" <laughs> it's it's along the same lines. It's like, well, I know I can't be perfect. I know. So, what what can I still do? You know, kind of what what's what's the lowest bar? Uh, what can I do? Um, you know, what's, you know, in the scales of life, you know, where does the good, 
you know, outweigh the bad? Where does, you know, right, righteous morality um, cover up for all of my sin? And, and as we'll see, if, if you want to, if you want to earn your way to heaven, if you want to do some good for eternal life, then keep the commandments. Keep all the commandments. Um, I'll jump out here. Hey, I see JDF out there watching on uh, Scott and Barb there. I watch on YouTube and and your uh, sweet and lovable hostess of uh, managing the chat room there for me. Give a shout out to them in the chat room, but now you've heard it on air. And you're all quiet on Facebook and you're all quiet on Twitch. But uh, yeah, hey Scott and Barb, thanks for tuning in. All right, back to back to the selectivity which ones you know what's what's the uh what's the minimum i can do and skate skate in you know um keep commandments which ones so we've all we've already got an insight to this man's motives we've already peered into his soul when when he says hey what can i do to you know what good shall i do to have eternal life it's like okay keep the commandments and now he's which ones <laughs> okay so we know he's um righteousness is not something that is his main concern his main concern is getting off of this earth alive giving getting out of mortal life and stepping into eternal life that's his primary concern and so which ones I'm not really interested in being righteous. What what is the minimum requirement, and what can I? What's the minimum I can do and still pass this class? You know, which ones? And Yeshua and Ray Comfort and Living Waters. He wasn't the first with this. <laughs> um, Yeshua, Jesus said, "Okay, let's start with the second table of the Ten Commandments." Um, the second table dealing with our relationship with mankind. Um, putting the first table of commandments aside, those first four that deal with our relationship with God, let's just, let's, let's start at the lower echelon here. You know, the, the minimum, you know, to pass this class only. You're not going to get eternal life, but let's just, let's just see where you're standing in terms of your righteousness you're already saying which one so we know you're not you're, you can't keep the commandments and you know it but uh, let's just see how you're doing here do not murder do not commit adultery do not steal do not give false testimony honor your father and mother in essence love your neighbor as yourself uh yeshua doesn't say um don't covet uh, which is would be the tenth commandment there. Here he has do not murder the sixth of the ten commandments. Do not commit adultery. Seventh, do not steal. Um, yes, the eighth, do not give false testimony. Nine, going back to the fifth commandment, the top of the second table, honor your father and mother. 
And then the tenth would be, do not covet that which belongs to your neighbor, your neighbor's wife, your neighbor's donkey, uh, your neighbor's house, any of that. But um, Yeshua skips that, and I think he has a reason. But he just sums up that second table of the law, which we find in Deuteronomy, where uh, the the law is summed up, as far as our relationship with fellow man, is love your neighbor as yourself. So, okay, let's let's check in on let's check in on what commandments since you're interested in which ones. Well, <laughs> eternal life is out of the question because if you want to earn eternal life, you're going to have to keep all of the commandments. Keep the commandments. But since you're just interested in just which ones, I'm just kind of interested uh, where you stand in your righteousness. Obviously, you're just looking for your get out of jail free t- card, you know, to you want to get out of mortal life alive. You want to get out of this earth alive. Um, but, you know, while you're here, how are you doing with your fellow man? Uh, you know, do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not give false testimony. Honor your father and mother. Love your neighbor as yourself, generally. That sums it up. How are you doing there? All these I've kept... <laughs> young man said to him, What do I still lack? Or, as we read in the King James, the young man saith unto him, All these things I have kept from my youth up. What lack I yet? Obviously, obviously, this guy wasn't there for the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, He didn't hear Yeshua's interpretation, application of the Mosaic Law. When he said, if you look at a woman and lust after her and you're, you know, you've already committed adultery in your heart. Or if you say to, um, you, your brother, you fool, uh, you're in danger of hellfire. You know, you've already committed adultery or murder in your heart. Um, he apparently wasn't listening to the Sermon on the Mount or the ways he wouldn't have the chutzpah to say oh all these things i kept from my youth up um i I doubt it um i sincerely doubt it well i not only doubt i know he hasn't um because if we look at the the spirit of the law rather than the letter of the law and and the sermon on the mount matthew chapter five six seven um and also in part in luke chapter six and Mark, did he? Re- I should know whether or not any of that sermon is in recorded in Mark. I believe it is. Uh, but anyway, as you read through that, especially the complete recording of it in Matthew's Gospel, it's clear that it is um, it is a critique of Pharisaic Judaism what the law really says, what the Mosaic law is all about versus how it's been taught uh, by the Pharisees and that they were all about the letter of the law, missing the spirit of the law. And apparently uh, this young man was not present for that uh, because he would not have had, again, the chutzpah to say that I've, I've kept all these things from my youth up. 
those commandments about not committing adultery, not committing uh, not committing adultery, murder, etc. All right, adultery or or don't no, I'm trying to put two things into one there. Okay. All right. But again, he knows. He knows in his heart of hearts, what do I still lack? What lack I yet? He knows something still lacks. Even if he's convinced in his mind, if, even if it, he, he doesn't doubt for a moment that he's kept those commands there. Uh, in the second table of the law, second table of the Ten Commandments there, even if he's deluded into thinking, he honest, honestly believes, uh, he's convinced that he's kept these things uh, from his youth up, he's still aware of something missing. What do I still lack? I, I know that... I don't have eternal life. I know that I'm not deserving of it. It's something that I have yet to lay hold of. And it's, and it's not because of something I've done yet. What do you mean, tell me? You know, you've listed these commandments. Okay, I've kept those and I know I'm still coming up short. I know that I don't have eternal life. My heart of hearts, deep in my spirit, in my soul, I know uh, that I lack that assurance, that peace, that I am right with God, and uh, destined for uh, destined for heaven. I don't have eternal life. I'm aware of that. So, kudos to him there again, as he started off, knowing that he. Um, that he didn't have eternal life, he was aware that he didn't have it yet, that he uh, didn't deserve it, and that it was a reward for, ultimately a reward for good, but he knows that he hasn't done enough good to deserve eternal life. He's still lacking something. All right. What is the lack? Well, Psalm 14 tells us that thou and I look down from heaven on the children of men to see if there are any who understand, who seek after God. They all turned aside, became corrupt. There is no one who does good, not even one. And Paul quotes that in his epistle to the Romans. Jeremiah chapter 17 verse 9 tells us that the heart is deceitful above all things and incurable who can know it um that paints a pretty grim picture uh here's this guy saying hey i've kept these things from my youth i haven't haven't committed adultery i haven't uh murdered i've honored my father and mother i've not borne false witness i haven't stolen you know i'm well he's deceiving himself again not understanding the spirit of the law over the letter of the law and but he's got enough some awareness i think because the eternity placed in his heart ecclesiastes 311 that he's lacking something but 
what would the keyword be? According to Jeremiah 17.9, uh, there is no cure. The heart is deceitful above all else and incurable. Um, that's the way they are, that it is. Um, the translations we read that is desperately wicked, wicked and deceitful above all else. Um, it's incurable. Um, and that's the idea of desperately wicked in the other translations. Whatever it is, <laughs> our heart is... It's wicked by nature, the human heart. And that would be one thing, but it's deceitful. It'll make us, our hearts will deceive us into thinking that we're um, in good uh, standing, that we're doing something righteous. And we're not. Our When our motives are impure, we can rationalize and convince ourselves that they are pure, uh, etc. Or this is okay this time, or it's, it's all right to cheat, steal, and lie here because of, you know, the good that comes out of it or, you know, whatever. Um, our hearts are pretty crafty that way. So what is the, what does young man still lack? He knows that he lacks something. Um, and that is in his human condition. Uh, his heart is desperately wicked. It's incurable. And there's nothing he can do about it. So Yeshua says to him, If you wish to be perfect, go and sell what you own and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. Now, lest we be bust our deceitful hearts <laughs> kick into order and say oh oh well eternal life is about giving to the poor and selling everything you know um there's two things at play here because Yeshua in his divine wisdom is is just as as the those uh temple police the temple guards said when they went came back empty-handed from going to arrest him no man ever spoke like this man um and for sure uh there's so much going on in this this reply he says if you wish to be perfect go sell what you own and give to the poor and you'll have treasure in heaven all right let's take that first part okay young man you're deluded into thinking that you, um, you've kept these things from your youth, the second table of the law, that you've honored your father and mother, you've, uh, uh, you've not murdered, you've not stolen, you've not borne false witness, you've loved your neighbor just like yourself. All right, let's, let's leave that there. Let's turn back a few commandments. Let's go to the first table of the law, those first four commandments of the ten that deal with our relationship with God. The second six are all about our relationship with fellow man. Horizontal, the vertical relationship with God, begins, I am the Lord your God, thou shalt have no other gods before me. That is, nothing else is to have your primary affection and allegiance 
So, let's check that out, young man. If you wish to be perfect, well, first, go sell what you own and give to the poor. And then you'll have treasure in heaven. That's the test of where his allegiances lie. And really, the perfect way is then come follow me, uh, to follow Yeshua. So, again, let's not get hung up that it's about, you know, giving to the poor. That's the that's how you that's how you have eternal life, is that you give stuff, you sell all that you have, and give to the poor. No, um, Paul writes in First Corinthians thirteen three, if I give away all that I own. And if I hand over my body, so I might boast, but have not love, I gain nothing. So even all his material possessions, including his very own body, if he gives that up, um, but to be boastful, you know, but he doesn't have love, it's, it's does not profit. It's 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 meaningless. I gain nothing. And instructing the Corinthian. Uh, church on about about giving he says let each one give as he's decided in his heart not grudgingly or under compulsion for god loves a cheerful giver if it's giving to get or if you, you have to give if well if i'm gonna be around with god i gotta you know this miserable uh yeah, i gotta tithe or i gotta no that's that's not a gift that's something given under duress or compulsion God loves a cheerful giver. It's so, um, don't get this idea extracting that first part of Yeshua's statement that eternal life is about some good deed of giving to the poor. That's, that's a good thing to do, but let us not miss uh, the balance of that statement, which is, then come follow me. So where does your loyalty lie? Well, for this young man, when the young man heard this statement, that is, go sell what you have, then come follow me, he went away grieving, for he had much property. So for him, his loyalty lied with his possessions, what he possessed. He had much property. He went away. Uh, The call of Yeshua, the call of Jesus was, get rid of that stuff and come follow me. What was his choice? He went away grieving for he had much property. He couldn't. He couldn't give it up. Um, if it came down to his riches or following Yeshua, then he couldn't. Well, ultimately, had to keep his stuff. Um, I bet he was hoping that, oh, come put all that stuff in, you know, in a chariot or a wagon and then, then come follow me and then that'll be great. You can... And now don't think that, um, in order to be a follower of Yeshua, you have to be poor and you have to give up every material possession to be, um, you know, be his follower. I mean, this, this convent or this monastery may say that, that you have to take a vow of poverty to be one of them. You know, if you want to be one of his, you got to be one of us. Uh, you got to do the way we say. If you want to be right with God, you've got to be right with these rules and regulations and rituals. Um, no, the, the call was for this particular young man because he had great property. 
He had much property. And Yeshua, again, brings it back to that first commandment, thou shalt know the gods before me. Well, if, hey, if you, want to, if you really want to be perfect, obviously you're not going to do it by any good thing that you do. That's already been established. <laughs> that um, You're not keeping all the commandments. You can't keep all the commandments. You're really not even keeping them. You're wanting to selectively keep them. Oh, which ones? Which ones? You know, how do I pass this class? What's the minimum grade? Um, that's not going to fly. What you need to do is strip off the stuff that entangles you and is hanging you up that's your God right now and follow me, Yeshua says. That's that's the perfect way. You want to be perfect? You want eternal life? You've got to give up the stuff that keeps you bound up and tangled and turn to Yeshua. This man, his God was his stuff. He went away grieving. It was sad. It was sad to him. He grieved because he could not follow Yeshua with his trailer behind him, with all his wealth in tow. He had much property. And probably because he was convicted of, of his, his priorities and his motives. Hopefully he changed his ways. But on Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. As Yeshua illustrates, as far as loyalties go, Matthew 10.37, He who loves father or mother more than me isn't worthy of me, and he who loves son or daughter more than me isn't worthy of me. If if it comes down to your your parents or even your children, you know, your immediate nuclear family, um that they if they put the ultimatum before you, well, it's us or it's Yeshua, it's us or it's Jesus. If they put that out there as the ultimatum, then it better be Yeshua. It better be following Christ. Uh, that better be your choice because it is the better choice. We can ultimately be really close. We want to be close to our family, but if they put down the ultimatum, it's it's is is us or him. It's us or it's Jesus. It's us or you know your spiritual health and eternal life. Um, however painful. Uh, however sad and hopefully they change their ways if someone puts the ultimatum it's this or Yeshua it's us or Yeshua it's that or it's Yeshua then it ought to be Yeshua it ought to be Jesus every time but if we if we value anything or anyone else more than our relationship with the Lord uh, then we're in trouble. As he says, he who loves father and mother more than me isn't worthy of me. Um, God loves a cheerful giver. If you're doing it out of compulsion with regret or, you know, or remorse or with doubt or, or regret, then what, what is that? Mark chapter 10, 29, 30 
Amen, I tell you, Yeshua replying, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or property for my sake and for the sake of the good news of the gospel who will not receive a hundred times as much now in this time houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and property also or along with persecutions and in the olam hava or the life to come the world to come uh, eternal life um, so there's some promises here there are promises that if someone does give us that ultimatum it's it's us or yeshua it's it's this if it's this job or it's yeshua or it's these things or it's yeshua whatever that is and we choose um we choose we choose what's behind door number two or in front of door number two the gate you know to the sheepfold if we choose the door um yeshua himself follow him uh and let those things go he says there's no one who's left those people or those things who will not receive more in this lifetime there's going to be um better better things better relationships and better things that don't put those kind of demands on your loyalty that don't say put you under compulsion uh, and under duress to choose um the kingdom of god is uh uh you know peace joy uh you know in the in the holy spirit uh, the kingdom of God, which we can enter into now, uh, as we inhabit these mortal bodies, um, it's it's a whole different economy. That that will not receive a hundred times as much now in this time, houses and brothers, sisters and mothers, and children and property. I mean, they may not be blood brothers and sisters that be in the family of God, mothers and children and all, you know, and property that is in the that's in the kingdom of God that will be stewards of but along with persecutions uh, that's that's a given because if people are putting out those ultimatums and they will it's us or the Lord then and you choose the Lord then you're going to get grief for it you're going to catch some pushback for that I guarantee it but there's more in walking with the Lord and, and being in his body that's much more rewarding than those toxic relationships and those toxic things. But you're going to get persecutions. You'll get pushed back and flack for not going with the crowd. Uh, and furthermore, uh, you know, in the world to come, there's eternal life. We have eternal life, but that's the only thing um, that we're going to take into the world to come as the eternal life that we see now and the relationships that we've made uh, in the body of Christ. You know, I was thinking that this might go quickly, but uh, <laughs> here it is, 52 minutes into it. Um... Okay, yeah, Pickleball Gal is out there. Plate has to pay for it. All right. 
uh, you folks out there in Facebook quiet and quiet on Twitch as well. So in summary, let's sum this up. If you would be perfect, you're not going to get that way from any good deed. It, it just isn't happening. That means should we do evil deeds instead? Should we do evil that good may come of it? No. No, it's good to do good things, but don't think that for a moment that they're going to get you eternal life. Uh, doing good things are not, they're not worthy enough of getting eternal life. As we read in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, By grace you are saved, not, not of yourselves, it's not of works. Uh, that anyone should boast. Because if we do something and then God owes us, we make him his debtor. And I believe you me, God is a debtor to no one. And so if we say, well, God, I did this. Now you owe me that. Whew, man, that's <laughs> talk about chutzpah. God is not your debtor, nor can he be. And if you do that, it's, say well these these good works will give me eternal life that's what you're saying you're making god your debtor because i did this now god owes me god owes you nothing it's on his earth we stand or moved is tis his air we breathe um the fear of god is the beginning of wisdom and uh and and smart life and, and joyful life comes after that but he begins uh, with the fear of God the perfect way is following Yeshua and if any person place or thing is put forth as an ultimatum if we find ourselves in such um, a pickle um, in such a circumstance where there things warring at our soul the world, the flesh, or the devil, or a person, place, or thing, people, place, or things, uh, that say it's this or it's Yeshua, it's this or the Lord. Uh, you either hold on to this and let the Lord go, or you've got to give this up and follow the Lord. If it comes down to that, if if this place is taking us away from following the Lord, we'll no longer follow him if we stay in this place. Or if we hold on to these things, uh, they'll keep us from following the Lord. Or if we hold on to these relationships, they'll keep us, they'll prevent us from following the Lord. Then those things need to go. And the Lord himself promises whatever those things, um, um, you know, fathers and mothers, sisters and brothers, or, or, you know, possessions, those things that we give up, he'll restore a hundredfold. Um, and it may not be the same relationships, it may not be the same place, it may not be the same possessions, but they'll be better because they won't have strings attached. They'll have joy attached to them. And... So, that I leave you with. The perfect way. If you will be perfect, you're going to have to follow the perfect one. That's the only way to get eternal life. Uh, uh, eternal life is by adoption, not by inheritance. 
It is by inheritance once we're adopted, but we have to be adopted in the family of God. We're not born into it. We're born again into it. Uh, we can't work for it. Uh, the work has been finished on the cross. Yeshua, Jesus, did the work, died for sins, was buried and rose again the third day, showing that he has power over death and sin and the grave. And he grants eternal life uh, to those who put their trust in him, who follow him, who give up the things that bind for the one who frees them. This is eternal life, John says in his first gospel, or his first epistle, chapter 5. This is eternal life, or rather this is the testimony. Uh, this is the witness you know, that, that God has given us eternal life, past tense, and this life is in his Son. Those who have the Son have life. Those who do not have the Son do not have life. These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. All right, the Lord bless you and keep you. Um, have a good and godly morning, afternoon, evening, uh, whatever time you're watching uh, this uh, program. And, and what? I should have queued everything up to go. Like this. Bye.